www.staggeringstories.net podcast series one number six. Um, there's a slight little hiccupy thingy me bobby with the noise. It's a bit cluttered. Suffice to say, it was not my fault. I I, I blame bl- blame your MP. There you go. Write your MP and complain. Why is the Staggering Stories podcast so noisy and cluttered this particular time? I demand to know. Um, can we please fade in the theme tune now? Uh, oh, bliss. <laughs> Tony. I am Adam. I am Weasel. And I am Keith. Ah. Um, well, straight into where is Keith? If you're wondering what's happened to Keith this time round, so are we. It's an improvement. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm not convinced. No. no, 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 no. But I've got more hair. <laughs> no, 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 you have more hairs, most, yeah. most definitely. I think in our band you shall be known as Fake Keith. Fake, fake Keith. Keith. Fake Keith. Which bits are fake? We don't know. These bits. Feel free to oh, ask. Yeah. <laughs> Those are real. Oh. Yes, it's true, she does have right. real arms. Okie uh, dokie. Well, uh, welcome to uh, the Staggering Space Podcast. This is series one, number six, as I probably just said in a really deep and manfully voice. Ha ha ha. Number six. <clears throat> yes, God, our sixth podcast. Yeah. Yes, another, what's it, 94 podcasts, and it'll pay for the equipment. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I read that article. <laughs> um, yes, anyway, so we're not entirely certain quite what's happened to Keith. Today, uh, he's probably sat on something. Uh, we'll probably well, find he's, out al- later. he's alive this time. That remains to be seen. <laughs> Pulse. <laughs> now, um, what we'd like to do from the very start of this particular podcast is uh, we'd like you to all to join in with the podcast drinking game. Oh no! So I'm going to quickly scroll, rattle scroll, through these. Skull, 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 Hurt them. Scroll, oh God! Scroll, scroll. Is that cattle prod? I don't know. Uh, but uh, what's going to happen is you can find the podcast drinking game rules on the website that's www.staggeringstories.net and okay here we go uh, you need one drink every time somebody mentions Shatner Shatner one drink every time uh, I use a Paddy Kingsland music cue between thingies Dead. one drink every time I say er uh, or um and I'm going to do my damnedest to edit those out <laughs> uh, two drinks every time uh, Adam makes a smug innuendo that's an Italian yeah. suppository those uh, what what an innuendo it's a what Italian, Italian suppository. suppository. How do you know all this nonsense? <laughs> What's hanging out of it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One drink every time Crumbly says, I mean. I mean. One drink every time I try to turn the topic to Doctor Who. Oh, God. One drink every time Adam makes a tasteless joke. Oh, when does that Never. happen? So mm. expect an empty bottle. Yeah. Yep. Uh, One drink every time Crumbly says, as I say, as you say, or I say, or yeah, variation but... thereof. That's all I'm saying. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And we'll be looking at him during this podcast every time he does it. Because <laughs> we're bastards. <laughs> Two drinks every time I use a homemade Doctor Who theme cue. Or, well, in the, the stupid belief that people will be impressed. Um, five drinks if you actually hear the real Keith. 
I'm Keith. No, you're fake Keith. Oh, yeah. Uh, two drinks if there's a letter from George McFadden. I mean, what are the chances yeah. of that? Oh, none at all. Half a bottle if there's an actual letter from a real person. Like that never happened. <laughs> you never know. And two drinks if we mention the head of Pertwee, who's gazing down on us malevolently. No, no hang on. Bene- no, no, Bene- I'm right. <laughs> malevolently. Malevolently. <laughs> okay. Bene- of death. So, first of Smell of death. Uh, what we're going to start off with is news. News? We have news, yes, yes. I've, I've, I've written down a couple of things, bits and pieces. First of all, none of you knew I was going to mention this. No. Ladies and gentlemen, at the time of recording, yeah. when celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Chuckle Brothers. <gasps> really? Oh, yes, Hooray. they've been going 20 years. To me? To you? To, you. to me? <laughs> oh, it's apparently, one of them had an accident. A car accident or something like that, and instead of people dashing to help him, they all stood on the side going, to me, to you, to me. He was dead, that's the funny bit. What? He was dead. What? Is that no, a sick joke? don't say that! Yes. Well, is, that the, is that what the paramedics are saying? <laughs> <laughs> to me, to you. Uh, bad news. Oh. Uh, oh, no. Robin Hood is returning. Oh, God. <laughs> what a wonderful series. We're going to have to talk about that series at some stage. Do we I saw the first coming soon trailer uh, today, and I, I I got upset. They're all too clean. <laughs> fire truck. Uh, I, I have no idea if they're going to fire truck. Fire? Fire, <laughs> fire truck. truck. <laughs> fire truck. They look like extras from an, from an 80s video. They do. They do? Tony should love it. Crap! Mm. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Robin Hood name game they no. used to play in Sherwood Forest? Oh, God. They used to reverse their initials. So Robin Hood was Hobbin Rood, Maid Marian was still Maid Marian, mm. Little John was Jittle Lon, and Friar Tuck wasn't nah. allowed to play. No, no, no. Yes, uh, you will incur the wrath of Adam. That's why I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and actual proper news which affects us and yeah. you people out there. Uh, when is the Daleks Master Plan Mini Convention? Uh, October the twenty seventh. Take your word for it. Okay, it's something like that. Anyway, look it up online, sod it, you're online, you must be to listen to this nonsense. <laughs> oh yeah, well we've got tickets. tickets. Uh, it says um my postcode. Twenty seventh October. Ah, there we go. And now the, there's like a miniature, miniature two hour convention with uh, Terry Malloy, Nick Briggs. Miniature Terry Malloy. Uh, mini- miniature Terry Malloy. Yes, uh, created specially for the event by Product Enterprises, wow. uh, featuring genuine Terry Malloy speech from the Archers. <laughs> you just have to push his head in. And <laughs> but the reason we bring that up, we're going to be there in force. Yay! We are. Uh, uh, t-shirt. We'll be wearing. We'll be wearing staggering stories t-shirts. t-shirts. <laughs> Not all of us. <laughs> oh, you will. Yes. Oh, no. Um And we're going to be giving away free CDs. We're going to be recording a very special podcast, um, mm. which will be the next podcast after this. It's going to be a well, Dalek special. Uh, so expect possibly a little bit of Doctor Who content in it. Maybe um, two drinks and Peter Cushion. Oh, Peter mm. Cushion. Yes, indeed. And we're going to be giving away on a CD for free of charge. People can just come along and say, "Oh, I want a CD," and we'll give them one. And a CD. Uh, so <laughs> there we go. Um, hopefully, we'll see you down there. <laughs> also, um, we couldn't get tickets for the afternoon performance. We could only get it for the evening performance. So we're going to be stuck in Southampton for five hours. Portsmouth. No, Southampton, I believe. Uh, Eastbourne. Pauls- no, Eastbourne Theatre Royal. Um, well, it's got an advert for the old Oyster House in Portsmouth on the back. <laughs> I thought you meant I'm the Blue sure Oyster Bar. Do, 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 do. I'd happily be wrong. It's like a long way to go for oysters. What? What? 
<laughs> have to shell out for petrol. Oh, oh dear. Sorry. It's all Portsmouth, I'm afraid. All right, well, it could be in Portsmouth. Anyway, we've got five hours to kill. So feel free to hang around us like <laughs> a bad smell or something like we've that. We've always got a bad smell. Um, ask us questions or uh, if you know anything we can do in Portsmouth that doesn't involve sailors, let us know because most of us won't be able to drink because we're driving and it's... Uh... No, 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 no. You won't be able to drink because you're driving. Oh, yeah. There's a difference. Nut bunnies. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, feel free to come along and get your free CD podcast. We'll chuck some other stuff on the CD as well, so it won't just be the podcast. But um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you all there. Okay, so basically, um, next up, the source game. <laughs> Except this, where we, well, you know, the, the thing oh. we normally do, the re- recurring we are thingy yeah. with uh, stuff Weird and stuff. things. So what do we have this time around? Well, uh, lyrics. 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 Song lyrics. 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 Okay, if, are you ready? Everyone ready for this? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Go on. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. William Shatner sat down by my side. <laughs> One drink. <laughs> petrified. It's something to do with the dead body of Billy the Fluff Hartnell. You are a sick... That's another drink. What? It's another tasteless drink. I think this is a cunning link to that very good episode, Blink. Blink. Oh, Sally. You turn round, look at a statue, be terrified, and then petrified. We got sent back in time. Oh damn! I got the. <laughs> <laughs> I think what? this is a cunning link to Children of the Stones. <laughs> Children of the Stones. Stones. Children. That great TV series from the seventies. Uh-huh. Where? Children oh, get stoned. Where there was much <laughs> devil worshipping and gallivanting round fields and. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Oh, I can take this one. Oh, go on. Right. (laughs) Fake teeth. That Bjorn Ulvaeus and Benny Anderson are responsible for the master turning evil. Because the master had a little-known twin brother called Fernando. Okay. Who was deaf. Ah. If Fernando hadn't (laughs) been deaf and could also... funny about that it's a sad story yes <laughs> the poor imaginary child I'm how could sorry. you do that to him I always thought it was about tinnitus actually what ah could be mm. uh, I'd like to say moving into the realms of sanity but what have you got uh, nothing <laughs> you got nothing thank god for that I had basically the master's tour of the world gets delayed in Spain where he suffers a brainstorm oh run and hide as fast as you can you can't catch me I'm the gingerbread man <laughs> <laughs> It's that runaway Tony Singy again. Oh, God. What's that? Oh, dear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Doctor Who. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. One drink. In the future, you know, would crews very much enjoy throwing stuff at Doctor Who's leading man? You know, in such places such as Metabilis 3. <laughs> Okay, Metabilis 3 is where we, we, we basically... I, I left it last time round. Did you? I, di- I, I did. Did and you find it again? Uh, well, no, Pertwee did. Oh, did he? Yes, indeed. Um, it was down the side of the sofa. But we need to get something out of the way straight off, because I know Andy is bursting. Bursting. You're in love with the feet, aren't you, on Metabilis 3? <laughs> yes, the flying feet. Yes. The foot fetish. <laughs> uh, dear. We're talking about the Green Death, in case you're wondering. Go on, talk us through the feet. 
the feet. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I mean, I know back in the early 70s, BBC budget was had something of a premium, shall we say? <laughs> the first time I saw the Green Death, I mean, when I saw that scene on Metabelius 3, where Pertwee is getting attacked by a giant pair of feet. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> wet myself. Laughter or fear? <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> At the end of that paragraph, you should be pissed. Is <laughs> 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 it like Monty Python, the giant foot's coming down? No, no, they, they just swoop they over. Swoop. They're solid puppy Bird in their feet. And you can tell the crew are having a whale of a time throwing all sorts of stuff. Just getting these yeah. giant rubber tentacles and whacking the side of the tile. Get back <laughs> Oh dear. So, um, what do we think of the Green Death? Let's let's start at the beginning now. Um, Adam, you only yep. managed to see Queen. the first four episodes, didn't you? I did. I just couldn't for put up shame. with any more. Uh, so <laughs> basically, um, we can say anything about the final two episodes, and you won't know what we're talking about. No, no. Ah. no. <laughs> Is it true that he gets decapitated? Yes. That explains um, a lot. It explains his performance during the series eleven. That, ex- <laughs> that explains the maggots. <laughs> okay. Um, I I find the Green Death in general rather Welsh, dull, padded. Yeah, it is a bit dull. I it's I don't know what it is about about it. It's just a little bit too boring. Put in context, as I always try and do on these things, we're looking at what 1972, 73, 73. It's the yeah. 10th anniversary year. Um, they've just come back from a repeat of uh, the Daleks and uh, sorry, Planet of the Daleks, which we will talk about ah. at some stage, and. Basically, it's it, it just seems a little bit... I can't see how the Green Death has got its huge... Oh, it's the one with the, the maggots. Isn't it fantastic? I mean, fair enough, memorable monster in the maggots up to a certain point. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's like the demons. It's not the classic people make it out to be. In Pertween drag. Yes, yes there is. char lady. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, it's just following on from Chapman and drag. Really? Yes, he was a gypsy woman in uh, oh, the yeah. Underwater Menace. Oh, okay. well, and that's in well, Wearing his rubber suit. Ooh. Remember being speared, but I don't remember the... Oh, God, no. Well, you don't remember, remember the rubber suit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the rubber suit of Trouton. Um <laughs> You might care to refer to other podcasts we have made for us to find out about that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, dull, basically. <laughs> it's so dull, we yeah, can't think of anything to say about it. The thing it. that struck me was... There was no master. It felt as if the master should be there. But Agreed. There was no master. There was, in fact, Jocelyn Stevens. Mm. What was his story? I, his first name? Jocelyn. Why? Jocelyn. Yeah. Sorry, go on. What, what was his story? I mean, how did he come to be controlled by a computer? I think very possibly they decided, let's build a computer to run things, and the computer suddenly became self-aware in a strange science fiction-y sort of way. So this... Chemical company yes. produced the most advanced computer in the world and yes. became sentient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Your problem with this is? And Wagnerian. No. And what? Wagnerian. It liked to sing Wagner. It did. Did it? Oh, very good later. Uh, well, well it might have a groovy been. pair of yeah. headphones they used to wear. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 great yes. catch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Did you notice, all through the Green Death, yes. the Welsh people yes. <laughs> all learnt to speak English through Yoda? <laughs> they, their sentences were all in the wrong order. The uh, char lady, the That's cleaning Pertwee. lady, mm. before she was Pertwee, right. came running out of the well, room. She had a sex change. She did. Came running out of the room and said, It's in there. Horrible it is. 
<laughs> the Yoda School of Welsh. The Yoda yeah. School of Welsh. I've got to admit, um, it is Jane a little bit... Jane Interesting. <laughs> it is a little bit sort of cliché mm-hmm. Welsh person thingy really now, isn't it? Oh, well, especially as the milkman was Jones the milk. Yes. And we had Jones the coal. Yes. Jones the steam. Jones, yes. the, Jones the postman. Dice station. Dice station. Dice, dice, dice. Mind you, they're getting it back. They're getting their own back now. They're, they're running the show. True, true. So, uh, what is it? We keep covering Welsh. Doctor Who. Because that's what Doctor Who is. It's Welsh. It's Welsh. Five Doctors? Yes. Green Death? Yes. Got... Well, no, no, no. We're only reviewing the Green Death because Crumbly wanted to. Because well, of when, his obsession with those feet. When you say getting their own back, does that mean burning down English um, holiday cottages as well? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they used to do back in the 70s. They, they, they did used to burn down English mm. holiday cottages. They were a little bit sort of nationalistic. Just ah, especially You know, they're not unlike the Scots or anybody else who was an English. Okay. Not that the English are natural. 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 Was that the 12-inch remix? <laughs> mm. This coffee says no. Ooh, coffee. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, yes. Everybody take a swig of coffee. Except for you out there in listener land, where you can have more alcohol. One thing I noticed uh, about the Green Death was the... Uh, dodgy CSO? Well, we'll come to the dodgy CSO. <laughs> it's, 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 no, it's the Pertwee side. Now, this oh, isn't a law side. against killing <laughs> that, that, that When you go around killing, killing lots of Pertwees. Oh, Pertwee side. Look it up in the OED. <laughs> Pertwee side. It's basically the... Um, <laughs> the killing of Pertwee. The, the little sort of Do industrial area. Pertwee potters along in Bessie. And you've got gasometers. And gasometers. Gasometers. Stupid, <laughs> fake gasometers. teeth persons. Gasometers. You've got pipelines. You've got this, that and the other. There's a certain feel to it that was a little bit There's more old-fashioned. Up. Yeah. Until the Green Death, and suddenly it looks like a brand new complex that they've. It's as if there's a line drawn before the Green Death, where yeah. they're going into old style industrial buildings right. and complexes. And with the Green Death, I know this is a ridiculous point to make, but with the Green Death, it basically suddenly it's on a, a newer version, little porter cabins and this, that, and the other, and it it just looks more seventies, more late seventies, more modern than <laughs> previous. Like if you look at the Infer- at Inferno, for example. Okay. You obviously won't. No. no. <laughs> Until we get there. But it, it it is it does have a different feel to it. It has a more a more mid middle seventies feel to it rather than an early seventies, which again is a hangover from previous decades. CSO. CSO. Colour oh. separation overlay. Really going down in the mine shaft. Oh. Yeah, going down the lift. Swaying slightly. <laughs> Did you notice? The lift shaft was still He's safe, actually man. swaying in his chair as he pick does it up this. On the microphone, I don't you might do. <laughs> <laughs> I just think oh, something strange there and normalise it. And face facts, it'll be the first time you've sounded normal. <laughs> <laughs> My other major bugbear about the Green Death was the incredibly smug and uh, patronising computer. Yeah, what was the uh, Stevens? Stevens. Stevens. Hmm. Boss. That was John Durth, I think the guy's name was who yes, voiced it, was. and he returned for the series finale the following year, and where Pertwee cops it, he played Clever Lupton, uh, the lead villain in that. Ah, and actually, very, very good actor. What was your bugbear about him, though? You would expect a computer in, imbued with self-awareness to not to sound so 
pompous and overbearing and overweening. But it was and a, a Wagnerian a, megalomaniac computer. And mm. a plot point was made that it was programmed based on the personality of Stevens, ah, who really? was a bit pompous. Yes, mm. this might have been mentioned in the last episode. Episode five. Maybe, maybe. One um, Two. drawback Two. with ah, time travel. It turns perfectly intelligent young women into idiots. Hang on, you're saying off. Joe Grant was perfectly intelligent to All start right. with. Vaguely, uh, perhaps she maybe. She could tie her own shoelaces, come on. Just no, not if she didn't have her glasses on. Well, <laughs> and with those rings, you know. <laughs> but what is it with companions <laughs> running drink. off and marrying people that they met in episode two? Yeah. Why? Well, she had a few run-ins to start off with beforehand. I mean, you had Prince Peladon, who wanted her to marry him. Hmm. You had Lartep, who she just met on Scar on uh, Spiridon, the episode before, wanting her to go off and marry him. And suddenly, <laughs> Professor Jones turns up. There's it could have something to do with the fact like that it's Katie Manning's real-life boyfriend at the time. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, was he? Maybe it was his spores, molten fungi that attracted <laughs> Well, it would have done it for me. His mushroom. Was he really Welsh or was that just a really bad accent? I don't know. I'm hoping that was a really bad accent. <laughs> yeah, you'll have no, to look at the extras. Nobody on DVD, in Wales yeah. sounds like that. No. Even Jones the Steam. And Jones the Postman. And Jones the Milk. And Jones the Dogger. And Jones the Butcher. <laughs> so, uh, the Green Death is set in Pakistan. And <laughs> Look, he's not going to fall for that one. <laughs> Are you sure? He's looking slightly dubious on it. <laughs> Ah, yes, the CSO was a bit dodgy in places. That uh, was one of the things that um, certainly the Pertwee, Dr. Barry Letts, keeps waffling on about CSO and how it's wonderful, but he did tend to overuse it, and as it was a technology still in its early days. Yeah, very early days. Mm. Um, again, context, I mean, I watched this first time round on an old black and white TV set. I probably wouldn't have noticed. Um, we didn't have colour no, in Jersey. Hadn't it been invented? No. Uh, no. It had been invented for England, but not for Jersey. They're um, um, embargoes back then. So it, it would have worked for me. I don't know. I ignored that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, uh, CSO going down is the mine shaft. Yes. Now, I know Bert the Miner, tragic character, died <laughs> nastily. Yes. Did you notice no. his hands yes. were everywhere? What? <laughs> I mean, he may claim to have been holding Joe upright so she wouldn't fall down. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that was something I was going to say back in The Five Doctors when we reviewed The Five Doctors. Uh, there is one very interesting scene just after Pertwee sees the ghosts of Captain Yates and Liz Shaw. Right. Yeah. Mm. He comes back. I thought you were going to say see... his hands were all over Pertwee. How <laughs> <laughs> just me. that. It's just as a child lady. You watch the scene where basically he goes back. Sarah goes, what was that? I heard something. Oh, just phantoms from the past. And he slips his, his arm, arm around, around her, her waist. And his <laughs> hand is very high up on her waist. And she has to have a quick look to make sure. <laughs> she isn't the tallest of people. Well, no. And he was a lanky chap. A long-shanked fellow with a mighty nose. Or, or something a like mighty nose. Long shanked rascal with a mighty nose. Rascal, huh? Rascal. Ooh. Sorry, that's the next story to be made. Um, so we're not, we're not that impressed by the CSO. No. But uh, how else could they have done it? Doctor was a bit selfish in it, in places. Well, I think maybe we should uh, account for all his misdeeds. Oh, his criminal behaviour. Go on, yes. You, you really got it in for him, haven't you? I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me in a beady way. <laughs> 
You, oh, that's another thing. You might yet get to see the uh, head of Pertwee at the Daleks Master Plan. <laughs> we might be bringing him with us if he insists. Special guest appearance. Yeah. He will. Wait, you saw him speeding to Wales at about yeah, 100 miles an hour? Did. No seatbelt. No, oh, that's right. Bessie doesn't need a seatbelt. It's got the inertia device. It Look, my brother tried that excuse when he was done on the M23. It didn't what? work for him. 172 miles an hour in a Porsche. Oh, you know him. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him very quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, then he's breaking yeah. entering. Yes. Trying to steal. Yes. Assault. Assault. Three cases. One. Yeah. Oh, Blatant. I, yeah. I'd hate to say hello to Pertwee. I mean, stuff. can you imagine what would happen if there was a misunderstanding? Hi! Hi! <laughs> like he's making up for the master not being there by I him. I do hope Doing I haven't hurt you, deeds. gentlemen. I think you're quite right. I think the guy's a hooligan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's terrible. It's and where did he get that poor cleaning lady's spare dress? Or was she tied up in her underwear in some cupboard? <laughs> well, look what happened after to Harry Sullivan though. after he regenerated. Well, yes. He got tied up in some poor cupboard. Was he dressed oh, as a child? <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Harry Sullivan dressed as a child. Oh, oh dear God, dear. there's a mental image I didn't... Well, he was in the Navy, so you know, he's open to anything. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Yes, I, I think Pertwee's a hooligan. Agreed. So, mm-hmm. He also can't run. Can't he? No. If you, watch, bit, he, 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 <laughs> if you watch as he tries to run, it's... it's you've seen... Those of you who have taken advice and tried out City of Heroes... Um, when you've got an ordinary sized character running, yeah. Pertwee runs like that. Badly. <laughs> okay. I thought he was speeded up. No, that was Bessie. No, I, I thought when he mm. was running down the side of the complex that it was actually speeded up. Or is, does he really run that badly? He runs that badly. Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, he ran that badly. <laughs> now he just tends anymore. to float or crawl around on his lips. Yeah. <laughs> We're so going to get sort of propelled by his own uh, nasal uh, <laughs> emissions. Yes. Propelled by his own nasal hair. <laughs> but returning to my point about the selfish doc, he yeah. was not over fond of Professor Jones and Joe getting it together. Certainly no. not. And it's an interesting point. Every now and again, Pertwee could be quite selfish and childish. Okay. Uh, it could. Uh, going forward a little bit, the eight doctors. Eight doctors. Yes, I'm looking at Crumbly here because I'm pretty sure eight Andy, doctors. you don't know what the eight doctors is, do you? No, I'm sure. When I they relaunched the BBC book range, or sorry, oh. when they launched the BBC book range, uh, they launched it with the eight doctors by mm. Terence Dix. Of course. You thought Wee. the five doctors was bad. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought the five doctors was bad, you should read the eight Oh, you like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, there's a nice little piece in the Eighth Doctors where Doctor Number Eight meets Doctor Number Three. And, of course, Pertwee's Doctor's all, oh, I'm still stranded on Earth, oh, woe is me. And he sees uh, McGann's TARDIS, and basically somehow he's got all of the tissue compression eliminated from the Master, and he pulls it out on the, shut up, uh, <laughs> on, on the Eighth Doctor and says, that's my TARDIS, mine. And that's... A, quite accurate to some of the stuff Pertie would do. He could be quite gittish mm. and selfish mm. and ooh not such fun. as when he dragged Professor Jones from the room. Yes. As they were having some quiet time. Yes. <laughs> that was um, very much a father figure though I what thought. What do you mean by quiet time? <laughs> how, how bad am I allowed to go with my words? Uh, don't look at me, look at Mrs Whitehouse over there. <laughs> well, there was a roaring fire. Uh, there was a ball yeah, gown. Dee, dee, dee. There was an dee, empty dee, bottle dee, of wine. <laughs> and two people dee, dee, in the room dee, dee, alone. Dee, 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 dee. And, and let's call them 
Joe. She was there in her blue dress, looking alluring. <laughs> and there was a giant maggot crawling up behind her. Well, there was, but that was later. All right. He was there in his best hippie clothes, looking Welsh. <laughs> That's because he was. Didn't he? <laughs> well, yes. Well, not in the room. <laughs> and in trots the doctor, does his bit. Hi! Oh, no, he doesn't. Speak. No, he didn't hire him. <laughs> Did his, Did his concerned bit. father look? You, he was a very good bit of acting by Pertwee. The eyebrow went up. Oh, it did. Must have been on loan from Roger. Must have been. And he escorted said Cliff from the room. Said Cliff. Said yes, Cliff. Yes, he Cliff. <laughs> Leaving, let's call her Joe, <laughs> alone on a rug in a dress by a fire. With a maggot creeping With a maggot. To be killed by a maggot. Yes. Here's OMD with. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it was him being selfish, not concerned father figure. I just think Pertwee's a git. <laughs> <laughs> um, viewers might want to know that. Um... My coffee up my nose. <laughs> she laughed just as she was swinging coffee. <laughs> So it, 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 it does, the trouble, I, I find the trouble with talking about the Green Death is it is a little bit, uh, it's it's hard going. It's hard going to talk about, it's hard going to watch, I find. But it's nice got Sergeant ending. Benton in it. <laughs> it's like got Sergeant the Brigadier Benton. in it. Yeah, but by this time Brigadier they were just really dull, cliched, cypher, comedy people. Did it, you like his parrot impression? What? When... What? <laughs> when the Doctor is unhypnotising people with his Metabolus 3 crystal uh, and the brig gets hypnotised, yes. he looks like a parrot. <laughs> parrot? <laughs> Viewers might like to know that Andy was drinking. How would he look like a parrot? Well, you go back and watch it like you were told to do. Oh dear, okay, so, right, Nicholas Courtney is a parrot. Yeah. No, the Brigadier is a parrot. Okay. Nicholas Courtney is a thoroughly nice chap. Uh, all of him. Did you know I used to have one of his cigarette ends? Well, his cigar butts. Why? Well, he smoked it at Leisure Hive 2 and stubbed it out and I stole it. On you? That's not the only thing <laughs> he you stole from Leisure Hive 2. Was it I... Leisure Hive 2 you stole the real Keith Cider? Yes, that was mm. Leisure Hive 2. Yes. yes. It was nice. <laughs> Can you see the sort of person we're having to rope in to do this? Well, they wouldn't let for the rest no. of her life, though. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yes. Most expensive mistake I've ever made. <laughs> Ooh, mistake was a bad word there. <laughs> Sweetie pie. Keith, I will actually be repeating uh, that particular phrase at the end of this podcast, and I'll be sending you an MP3 of that phrase looped for about five minutes. Oh, dear. <laughs> You're into the bull. I know. <laughs> the ending was very nice, I thought. Uh, oh, do you? you? It ended. And well, yeah, yeah, that was the nice bit. No, it was all right. Keith, has, the real Keith, has turned around and sort of said to me in the past that apparently I didn't like the ending because I didn't. I thought it was too slushy and emotional. Oh, now, I okay. genuinely don't actually remember saying that, but if I did, I did. Mm. I think there was a but certain air of desolation I did like about it. the Doctor. Yeah, and I thought that fine, apparently they worked very hard to get that final shot of him in, in, Bessie. Mm, in Bessie. Going across the yeah. skyline. Yeah, I mean, mm. you, always get the, right, you always get the impression that the Doctor is, is something... He has an avuncular interest in all his companions, whether they're male or female. But I mean, I think seeing Joe go off with Professor Jones. Cliff. Cliff. Hi. So she's going over a cliff. <laughs> Where hey? Madam Tish. I mean, I think that affected him more than yeah, more more than anything else. I suppose. I don't know. I think it was him being selfish again. 
It was her moment, well, it was their moment. And instead of staying and enjoying the party, he, bu- he went away. You know, he just disappeared. I think what, he buggered off? <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. I instead of just... staying and enjoying the party, he buggered off. Ah, I think he just wanted to make a discreet exit. I don't know. I think he was, I think he was sulking. It has to always be about him. So he's going to leave and Are she's going to miss him. Are you saying that the third Doctor was egocentric? <laughs> I think I am, yes. I could have said all that in one word, couldn't I? You could have yes. done. Yes. <laughs> it could have something to do with the way he dressed, for example. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Look at me! <laughs> Aren't I great? Hi! It's As a char lady. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, bottom line, do we like the Green Death? Yeah. So, okay. A lot of the Pertwees of the era were just too long. Yes. It's yeah, same, same deal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, could sometimes, could sometimes, sometimes they two episodes. Yeah, agreed. Four episodes would have been good. Four episodes. Mm, just mm. And no can... Mike Yates. I didn't see the point. Well, I never see the point of Mike, Mike Yates. Well, but... um, no. And what was with that hair on Terry Walsh? Really bad hair day. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Terry Walsh. Master of the wig. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Mind you, at least, you know, he didn't have to sort of basically slide down a, a cable on an umbrella. Lyrics. Lyrics. Who wants more song lyrics? Yay. Say yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. You poor, sad, twisted fools. Let me entertain you. Go on then. (laughs) It's where Robbie Williams is hung up by his feet and has the soles of his feet beaten with electrical cable. Oh, entertaining. (laughs) Is it Shatner spinning his wig around on his head? (laughs) Drink. (laughs) <laughs> Close your legs, open your mind Now if you put that the other way around That would be a chav chat up line mm. <laughs> I've heard it used many a time On the streets of Crawley oh, really? Have you really? Yeah, in Brannigan's yeah. Yeah. Uh, Close your legs, open, open your mind, mind. Siler killing his wayward mother <laughs> you are quite frankly his mother a very bad head. person <laughs> now it has been pointed out to us boys, girls and hermaphrodite hexpods that, uh, that very possibly last time round we might have been a little bit cruel to Andy what? we did tend to interrupt him during this Larry doing his um, Alan Dean Foster thingy me Bobby we did we, we, yes so this you time did. round we've made sure he's he's aware that we're going to be interrupting him <laughs> and, um, with heavy objects uh, who are you talking about today who am I talking about today remembering that we are going to interrupt you a, a lot. lot a lot yes well here I'm my cosy armchair I'm going to be you're, you're on a couch you're on a next sofa. to fake Keith. come on no I've got to, I've got to create the uh, fireside Illusion? image okay mm. a character doom yes <laughs> a character doom yes he's got that look about him he has. <laughs> what, a carrot? Carroty. The orangey, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought doomy. The green oh. stuff coming out the top of his head. There is ears. That's Pertwee's brain. Oh. Oh, yeah. Right, so continuing in the same vein from the last air podcast, today's podcast is going to be about Larry Niven, or this section anyway. He was Niven. very good in Heaven Can Wait. I that... thought he was the uh, president of America that time. I, I don't know. Casino Royale, definitely. That was David Niven, that was. Oh! Oh. So, Larry Niven... Mrs Niven's little boy. Ah, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Up the road. Right, okay. Now, he does writing, does he? Writing, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh Yes, either as as a standalone author or with um, his his, uh, writing partners, uh, Jerry Pornell and Stephen Barnes. Jerry Pornell. 
Uh, why, that's very close to... No. Couldn't be. Go on. <laughs> right, so, uh, Larry Nevins. A very intelligent person. He worked on the uh, Gemini Mercury space shots back in the late 60s. Oh, right. Yeah, before oh, the Apollo is. project. Yeah, before he turned his hand to uh, full-time writing. I'd say he's most well-known for his series of books known uh, collectively as the Known Space series. I take it the Unknown Space series is very short. Hasn't been written yet. <laughs> okay. Now, the reason why it's called the Known Space series, it means yes. all the stories take place in... Um, known Space? Obviously. <laughs> which covers, um, well, I say a radius of 60 light years around Earth. Obviously, his most well-known novel is Ringworld. Yeah. Yeah, which I will have to say is, if anyone you know, wants to read Larry Niven for the first time, I'll definitely recommend that, because that does give a very big introduction to, um, I'd say, the whole series of the known space novels. It's a very good introduction. Okay, why are you doing hand gestures on audio? I don't know. Okay, we had this problem with um, young Purcell face over there that? last time round doing speech marks well, on you, audio. You can edit and them out. And Andy's basically being a very animated Davros. <laughs> <laughs> to hold in my hand. <laughs> what? That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was Fake Keith's best Davros impersonation. Oh, Terry Malloy, I think, is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Right, just to give you an idea of well, it's a very fertile imagination, I'll give you a few examples of the uh, alien species that are featured in the Unknown uh, Space series. First of all, I mean, there's a race of creatures called Pearson's Puppeteers. Now, the reason why they're called Pearson's Puppeteers is Pearson was the uh, name of the crewman who first encountered these creatures. And the reason why they're called Puppeteers is because they have a nasty habit of manipulating alien races, either through bribery, chicanery, or um, other corrupt means. So they're basically mm. the CIA in space. Well, I wouldn't say so, I mean... I mean, their whole ethos, their whole racial, um, well, I say ethos for want of a better term, is uh, that of enlightened cowardice. The leader of, sort of the government is called uh, the hindmost. It's sort of he, who le- he or she who leads from behind. Mm. I mean, I suppose that's an example of their, you know, the whole the whole policy of, um, well, I suppose it's racial cowardice. I mean, they're very timid creatures. They're not a warlike race, they're just pe- peaceful herbivores. Vegetarians. Yeah, yeah, vegetarians. vegetarians. Yes, they are. Mm. Well, yeah, vegetarians are evil. I say the main reason why they're called puppeteers is because, as I say, sort of, it's to do with manipulating alien races. And so I was saying, another race of aliens in, um, in known space called the uh, Kazin, which Bless are based... You. Thank you. <laughs> Tony Spit is... Spit it out. <laughs> Spit it and swallow. <laughs> <laughs> OK, my turn. <laughs> it's death on a podcast. <laughs> oh, that went down the wrong way. <laughs> That's what Mike Yates said. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> Get on with it. That's what I was saying. Right, because in, they were a, war- uh, a warlike race of bipedal feline like aliens. The puppeteers mean they were very distressed by the continuing wars that were going on between humanity and the Kazin. So, gradually over the generations, the puppeteers man- manipulated the uh, DNA of the Kazin to make a more peaceful race. So I mean that's one that's one reason why they they are so called right. Another prominent race that's uh, featured are um, they're called uh, either protectors for, for reasons I'll come to in a moment. Robert Vaughan <laughs> in <laughs> or, the avenues and alleyways. Or else, I mean their racial name is called the Pack. We do share a common ancestry with the uh, Pack race because their ancestors. You might. I don't. <laughs> He's from Jersey. Well, that explains it. Mm. Yeah. Cows and everything. Cowards. Cows. Oh. Cows. His ancestry. Aye. Ah. Uh, Move. As I say, I mean, we had a common... An- 
Alien races need shelves, and if they're handymen, yeah, well, yeah. sorted. You, what, what, what do you mean, handymen? No, I mean, that's Homo habilis was known as handyman. Yeah. So they were, what, kidnapped from Earth? And... Once a Homo habilis reached a certain age, I mean, they were genetically attracted towards a certain root, and once they ingested it, there was a virus inside the root that changed them physiologically, made them more stronger. Hmm. Sorry, no, we can't have a long word like that. Stronger? Stronger. Yeah, that's just far too long. <laughs> Don't do it again. Yes, and, that's, and that is when they evolved into protectors. The reason why they're known as protectors is they're very... Well, one, they're fiercely xenophobic of alien races. And two, they're very protective of their own uh, bloodline. So they're sunlookers. <laughs> Sun- or Daily Mail readers. Yeah. Daily Mail readers. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is the Ringworld stuff, is it? Yes, it's all, you know, all mentioned uh, Ringworld. Right, next, there's an alien race which existed about a billion years ago called the Thrint. Small reptilian bipedal creatures. Why do I get the feeling science fiction authors basically just let a cat fall onto a typewriter keyboard to come up with their alien names? Thrint. Mm, no, yeah, well, Humanx last time. Yeah, now Thrint. Well, the collective name is Thrinton. He Thrinton. did not have sex with that alien. <laughs> no, it's Geoffrey Archer. Oh. <laughs> the liar, Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, the Thrint existed about a billion years ago. I mean, they're also known as slavers. Their slave race was called the t- uh, Tnuctipun. Oh, brilliant. I thought they were Cobblepot or whatever it was last time. Clotherhump. That's the chap. Brilliant <laughs> name, that. And the Tarumpty Pump. Tanuctipun. What? Say it again. Tanuctipun. Tanuctipun. Yeah. If you read Ringworld, it's all in there. It's like a normal Tanucti, but funnier. Well, just in a really bad, groan-worthy way. Exactly. Yes. The Frinton were known as the slavers. In Star Trek the Animated Series, I mean, there was an episode called The Slaver Weapon, which Larry Niven wrote. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. And it does draw from sort of heavily, money, yeah. heavily upon the characters from um, the Nine Space Series. As I say, I mean, they're a te- telepathic uh, slaver race. Basically, sort of about I'm a billion in your years. brain slaving you. <laughs> Basically, a billion years ago, I mean, Tanuktipan were a genetically indica- engineered slave race. They, well, they rose up in a, re- a rebellion, trying to overthrow their masters. But the uh, the Thrint had implanted a genetic self-destruction code in their genes. Oh, that's Just nasty. One remaining member of the species, uh, his name was uh, Kazanol. I mean, he had enclosed himself in a stasis field and managed to weather out the past uh, billion years. Because what happened was his ship had crash-landed on what was a Thrint food planet. And the thing was, back a billion years ago, this, this Thrint food planet was Earth. To protect himself, he, enc- he enclosed himself in the stasis field. He was unearthed yeah, a billion years later. By um, an explorer, uh, a couple of explorers. One of the stories, uh, well, basically goes on to explain his his rampagings and uh, yes, and um, their efforts to uh, contain him. Hmm. That's quite interesting, actually. I'm starting to think of eternity weeps. So, give us one book, one book you can recommend for mm. people to go out and buy well, and so read, and or read. possibly try and find online for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would have to say Ringworld. How big oh. is it? Can it be used as a doorstop? Mm. I know what these sci-fi books are like. Out there somewhere. No, well, seeing the ring world is about one astronomical unit in uh, diameter. What, the book? Yeah. No, the ring world. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big book. That's a book. big book. <laughs> what do you reckon with ring world, then? 
Oh, very much so, because it serves as an introduction to most of the alien races I've talked about anyway. Was it his first book, or...? No, I mean, he has written short stories before that and um, other okay. novels. But, I mean, this is most, his most well-known novel. Yeah. So he stole the idea for Halo, wasn't it? The computer game. I have that's, no idea. That's on a, a Ringworld type. Well, I mean, thing. the Ringworld follows the same... Um, I suppose the same idea as the Dyson Sphere. Yes. OK. Yeah. That's... Yes. That, Thank that's, you. Yes, that's very good. Thank you. Short, sweet, and... You didn't get annoyed as I interrupting you. No. No, that's good. <laughs> Now, we've got some letters. Uh, yeah. Since we started recording Ooh, oh, yes. this podcast, we, we have letters. Adam, you've got one there? I have. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, that's a gas oh. bill, isn't it? No, no. Okay. No. They're probably wanting money soon. Oh, oh. I'm intrigued now. Dear team. No, I'm not intrigued. Team. No. You've all done uh-huh. very well. Oh, oh, that last word was such a surprise. <laughs> Who was that from? George McFadden. Ah, hey, drink. Yep. That's our boss. In case anybody's wondering, uh, yeah, uh, money, George McFadden basically uh, runs the website, and well, he ran Private Lies. He's behind all of this. I think at one point he had the rights to make Doc Two back in about nineteen ninety one, ninety two, and ended up basically letting Phil Siegel take over. And Idiot. long story. Anyway, um, I've got one here. Dear Ape Primitives. I appear to be stuck on this benighted planet in East Space in some sort of time limbo. When, oh when, oh when, will this vampire mutation end? Don't make me blow up your planet. Uh, fake Keith, do yes. you have any ideas about when the vampire mutations might continue and indeed end? I know exactly when. Are you going yeah. to tell us? I will tell you. Go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After I write the words, the end, yes. it will have finished. Right. Yeah. Somehow I find that a slightly unsatisfactory and empty answer. However, there is a PS. <laughs> oh. What is happening with Mr. Dalek this Christmas? Because we do actually have fans of Mr. Daleks. Fans. F- no, no, fans. 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 Ooh. People who write Mr. Dalek. They, my God, it gets downloaded enough. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, that's from Lord McFadden and Gogo. Long Baramus. Open brackets. That's two bibbles and one S. Close brackets. So, is that any ideas for Mr. Dalek this year? Um, I mean, he did I'm go to the Isle of Man. He did. He did. I'm thinking he may exterminate some people this year. No. Yes. Good grief. He may have to. Good grief. Good grief. Hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, it's, it is, it's, it yes. Is. It's it's just now, fake Keith. You actually have genuine letters. So, time to drink a lot of people. We've actually received two. What do you mean? Two. Genuine. I what? have in my hand. They're genuine letters. A genuine people. letter. No, this, these aren't. <laughs> well, yeah, well, right, admittedly, the one from George McFadden is. Okay, I will read. Well done. Dear team. Yes. Team. You did do very well this week. Oh. But I am staggered you didn't even mention my podcast. Yes. Poor me. Ah. And it's signed, kind regards, Paul. That'll be Paul from WhoCast. Well, I wasn't uh, yes. going to mention his podcast again, but you well, just mentioned it. Yes, so. now, we haven't had a chance to listen to every single bloody podcast out there. As we're recording this just a couple of days after the last podcast went up, what date is it today? Uh, very good question. Ah, 26. 26th of, of September. It is. Yes. And this, will be, this podcast itself will be going up in a fortnight's time. We will be listening to other podcasts, including WhoCast, for another section on podcasts, because yes. there's just so many out there that we can just keep coming back to it. If he likes our podcast, it's got to be good. Well, not necessarily. He may have just listened in to see if he got a, a mention. 
he may not have actually liked it. And face facts, if he's got any sense, he won't have done. Um, <laughs> certainly if he's got any taste, he won't have done. Right, we do have another letter. A second okay. one. A second a se- letter? A, a wow. second letter. Two letters, one podcast. How many drinks uh, it's, is that? It's, 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 I, 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 I don't know. but That's a bottle. Well, it's not just a bottle. Yeah. It's enough to make mm, people hallucinate mentioned. letters. Yeah, what's those brown marks? Right? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's from the filmmaker, Conrad Slater. It says, I really liked that episode, and although conventional modern wisdom says the more processed the product, or in this case the more edited, the greater hmm. potential for mass appeal, as a long-form piece of media, it really went down well with me. I thought it was a little brutal about the way poor old Andy was constantly interrupted. Oh, yeah. rubbish! When he attempted, to, I like it when he attempted to talk about the <laughs> virtues of Alan Dean Foster. Um, but Adam was on such good comedy form oh, that it pretty much excused it. Sorry, can you check that line? I think you've read it wrong. The comedy form. Yeah, Adam was line. on such good comedy. Oh, I'm so oh. sorry. No, I that I must have imagined that. Yeah. I'll go and see a doctor. Okay. Uh, I'm also finding that you all seem completely at ease now. Really? Yeah, I'm not. right. <laughs> and my earlier worries that the show would be littered with in jokes that I would not be able to understand was quite unfounded. Really? All done very well. Um, <laughs> I, I agree that Doctor Who is something of a gateway drug. I think we need a government task force. We do. And a czar. Mm. A is Doctor a Who czar. Class A gateway drug. Right, we're not sure. Overall, the podcast is getting better and better. Thank you very much. And I find myself really looking forward to it rather than listening out of any sense of duty. That's oh. because otherwise the cold turkey kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> he also wants to know if we're going to actually be looking at the Caldor City CDs, audio plays. Oh, yeah. Which are basically Blake Seven Doctor Who spin off stuff oh, really? set during the Robots of Death, but with characters from Blake Seven and Doctor Who. Um, yeah. Written by Chris Boucher, I think. Or, I so. or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, Paul Darrow's in them. Um, uh, uh, the guy who played Uvanov in Robots of Death. Yeah. Playing Uvanov. Oh, did he die? Died a while back. Oh, that's sad. That was lonely from Callan. Okay. It's very lonely now. Yeah, but, um, no, I won't make it. Drink. But anyway, that was, um, so that was from Comrade Slater, um, who's a Good filmmaker. Conrad. Yes, and uh, well, thank you very much, both of you. As I say, we will be looking at other podcasts. Conrad's schizophrenic. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, we will be, we'll look at Caldor City just as soon as one of us has bought some. Listen to it. Oh, indeed. Listen to it. I think I may have one or two on MP3 somewhere. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> no, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Crumbly, you've got something there. Can you wipe it up and then read out what... Mm, yes, have. of course. Right. Anyway, slipping into my best Cyril Fletcher mode. I thought you were going to say, I'm just going to slip into my best Cyril Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> right, just another letter from our esteemed colleague, Keith. Oh, dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It begins, you bastards. Oh, <laughs> I think he might be miffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You told me I was going to be the new Barry Scott. <laughs> Instead, I was dragged in front of a green, green screen, right. plonked inside a pink dress, and I'm now showing on every ad break on living TV as the fifth Sheila in the Sheila's Wheels ads. Uh. Mm. I'm still plucking glitter from various crevices. Ooh, oh dear. Nasty. That can't be healthy, quite frankly. He enjoys it. I, I, I am concerned. Who 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 sent him to do this Sheila's wheels thing? I think that was you. Damn! I thought I was going to get away with it. <laughs> Not at all. I thought one of this lot would have actually owned up. Uh, well, that's roughly about it. Unless anybody can think of anything intelligent to say. Theodolite. Uh, that's your word, isn't it? You love that word. Mm, oh yeah. You are it. 
I don't know what it means. I just you know thought I'd come up some sort of childish insult. Do you think it suited me? It did, yes. Yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, um, we'll all be back, like I say, very soon, actually. We're recording, I think next week we're recording the next one, aren't we? No, two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, hooray. Uh, and that is going to be a Dalek special. We're, all we're going to be talking about, the place is going to be crawling with Daleks. I've always wanted to say that. Daleks crawl? That line keeps turning up everywhere. Mm. The place is crawling with Daleks. But we'll, there's something we can talk about. Baby Daleks, maybe. You make them sound yeah. like lice. <laughs> you two can get rid of your scar rowan problems just using this lotion it's, um, and like I say we will be at the Daleks Master Plan with three copies of that podcast on CD as well as a couple other bits and pieces from the website uh, so until you hear the next podcast doodles Bye. Yep. and this is me signing off can't we get a fake crumbly instead it just, just... <laughs> It would be. It, 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 stop him saying that. That awfully smug signing off thing. Goes the agency. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number six, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fake Keith, and Tony Galichon. All views are those of the speaker and do not necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. And this podcast is a McFadden Publishing production for www.staggeringstories.net. Oh dear, where's my bed? Hey, did you know Rodhull's son is taking over the emu? Emu, that's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's dead, isn't he? I thought he was buried with it. Or was that wrong? I don't know. There probably... again, I was also told he was wearing it when he got The thing is, he was superb with that email. Can the sun pull it off just as well? Nah. I just <laughs> have his image from Oh, his Andrew, that's so rude. That's <laughs> bestiality, though. Have an image of the emu... Digging its way out of the grave. Right. <laughs> the hand oh, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Go on. <laughs> Attack Ooh. of the zombie. <laughs> Drink. Drink. Drink and be merry down at the old bull and bush. Da 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 da. <laughs> We're stuck in a chronic history, sis. We're stuck in a chronic history, sis. We're stuck in a chronic history, sis. We're stuck.